God. Um, got a word tonight. I'm excited about it. I'm gonna, excited to be able to preach tonight. It's an honor every single time to speak, um, to preach the word of God. Um, and so got a lot to say, but um, I wanted to open up in prayer and just ask God that he would speak to us tonight. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit, for your presence. God, we need you tonight. God, we need you to speak to us, God. God, we need you, Lord, tonight. God, we open up our hearts. God, we know that if we don't hear from you, God, that nothing is going to change in our lives. And God, we need to hear from you. God, and you know, Lord, that, that I am and I am not capable, God, of bringing the message, Lord, of, of speaking your word. God, only you can speak the word. And, Lord, I pray that you would speak through me. God, I pray, Lord, that it would not be, God, that no person would be glorified tonight, God, but you would receive the glory. God, let no one remember anyone except for you tonight, God. Let everyone see you, God. God, we pray, Lord, that, that you would receive all the glory, God. And we pray that you would be lifted up tonight. God, that all men will see you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you've got a Bible, open up to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16. If you've got a Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 16. Um, if you find it, say, got it. 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. If you find it, say, got it. If you, if you can't find it, say, hold up. I'm looking. 1 Samuel 16, 7. Are you guys ready to receive the word of God tonight? Are you guys, can, can I ask that? Are you guys ready to receive the word of God tonight? Yeah. Amen. All right. Uh, let's see. 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Um, I wanted to uh, entitle this message tonight, What is Your Life? What is Your Life? Uh, in, the, in the text that I just read, it says that God looks at the heart. Uh, you know, God was looking for a king because King Saul, he, he, he wasn't making it. You know, he wasn't a man after God's own heart. And so God, God looks for a man after his own heart, and he goes to, he sends Samuel down to the family of, uh, of the, the the family, the family of Jesse, and he says, uh, "Purify yourselves." And he and he tells them, he says, he asks them to come to come forth one at a time. And and he looks. It says he looks at Eliab, and he says, "Surely this is the Lord's anointed." You know, Eliab, he was tall, good looking, and and he said, "Yeah, you know what? This is the man that that that's going to be the next king." Because Saul, he was. A head taller than everybody else. He was the most handsome man in Israel. And so Samuel's looking at this guy. He's like, you know what? Yeah, this is the guy right here. This is the next king. And then, but God says something very interesting and very, uh, this reveals how God looks at people. He says he doesn't look as man, he doesn't see as man sees. It says the Lord looks at the heart. You know, when we look at a person, we, we see somebody. We, we see their physical appearance, right? We see the clothes, we see their haircut, we see what shoes they wear, how they act, and we see the outward appearance. But God isn't looking at the outward appearance at all. He's looking at the heart. You know, I, I, I don't know if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're going to believe this or not, but uh, my grandpa, he was, uh, a, long, a long time ago, uh, there were times that he would see a person's heart. He, God would reveal to him what's in a person's heart. A man named Pantile uh, Fyodorovich. I don't know how to translate that. Does anybody know what that is in English? Pantile Fyodorovich. Anybody knows? I was thinking. I couldn't figure it out. But son, okay, son of Fyodor. Okay, son of Fedor. Okay, whatever. Uh, anyways, this this man of this man, he was he was like a modern Apostle Paul. I mean, no no joke. This this guy. I mean, I heard stories about him when I was like six, seven, eight years old, and he was. The things he did are hard to believe. I mean, uh, he, and you, you can believe it or not. I, I don't know if you, uh, but I, I believe it. You know, I heard this stuff, you know, since I was, since I was little. I'm like, wow, that's just like the Bible coming to life. I mean, this guy walked on water. Uh, this guy had, uh, he was in a cell with rats. 
and and uh, the the communists they it was in Russia and they threw him in a cell in a prison cell and they they, they it was a bunch of big huge rats, and uh, and they came out to him and, and and he said listen I'm God's creation don't eat me and so he he could see their eyes it was completely dark, and they just stood around him and it was like Daniel's and Daniel in the lions den they didn't eat him, and and just store like crazy stories I mean. I just, I, some of them, is, they're very difficult to believe. But anyways, this man, he prayed for, for my grandpa. And, and twice he prayed for him, and, and he was about to die. And he prayed, and he got healed. And, and, and he prayed for him one time, and he could see God would reveal to him what's in the heart of a person when he would meet somebody. And th- there, there was times he couldn't always see light. He couldn't always see this. But can you imagine if, if you could see what, what, what is in the heart of a person? What if every person that came to church you know, everything that's in their heart was put up on the big screen and we could just see it all. I think we would have very few people at church. <laughs> but either way, God is looking at the heart, right? It says, it says in Proverbs 4.23, it says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. In, in Matthew, Jesus says, uh, But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false, false witnesses, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. Um, it says, he says, out of the heart. You know, people, people say, oh, you know, say someone, you know, uh, said a curse word on accident. They're like, oh, that just slipped out. That didn't just slip out. It says, it says in the Bible that they can't, that came from the heart, right? That, that, that word came from the heart, whatever we say comes from the heart. Whatever we think, it comes from the heart. Whatever we do, it comes from the heart. And so that's what God is looking at, most important, what's in your heart. And so my question is, what's in your heart? And I want to, we're going to get back to that subject. I wanted to uh, skip over to something else uh, that Jesus said. It's in John 10, 10. Book of John, the 10th chapter, the 10th verse, John 10, 10. And I hope you guys have like iPads or something where you can <laughs> don't hear very much pages turning, but all right, John ten ten. John ten, verse ten. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Jesus came to bring life. You know, Jesus came. It says that I have come to bring life. Everybody say the word life. Let's say, say it louder. Say life. life. Tell your neighbor, get real. Tell your other neighbor, get real. It says Jesus, he says, I have come to bring life. I have come that they may have life, and then they may have it more abundantly. What is it about this life that I wanted to talk about? Do you have life inside of you tonight? We're, we're going to talk about this for a little bit. Where, where is there a life inside of you? Do you have life? Uh, you know, it's interesting with Jesus. Jesus didn't say, I came that, that they may have uh, happiness. He didn't say, I came that they might have, you know, riches or peace. He didn't, he, he didn't even say, I came that they may have truth. He says, I came that they may have life. You see, we need truth. Truth is good. We need truth. But without life, truth is dead. Without the life of God behind that truth, truth is dead. What if I say one times two is two? Two times two is four. Two times four is eight. Two times eight is 16. What, 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 this, this is what? Lie. This is truth, right? They're, they're, I'm, I'm speaking truth to you. But is it doing anything? Or no, you, you, do you have any more life? Is your faith stre- strengthened because of that? No. What, what, what if I tell you, what if I tell you uh, that Obama is the president of the United States? Is that true? That's true. Did that do anything to you? No, it didn't. <laughs> and you see, <laughs> all right, that, that's, a, that's a different subject, all right? That's a different subject for a different day. We're, we're going to come back to this. <laughs> It's, I, I like this quote by, by Leonard Ravenhill. He said, there are, uh, he said, Jesus did not come into the world to make bad, bad men good. 
He came into the world to make dead men live. I'm going I'm to say that again. Jesus did not come into the world to make bad men good. You know, there's, there's, we, we think that Jesus comes, oh, I want to be good. I just want to be good, just so I'm a good person. That's not why Jesus came. Jesus came so that he can make dead men live. You see, his, Jesus' purpose was to make us live. His purpose was to, was to, make, it was to put life in us. You know, I want to say that there's only two kinds of people on this earth. It's not, you know, tall and short. It's not, you know, black and white. There's only two kinds of people, those that are alive and those that are dead, right? Those that have life in them and those that don't have life in them. I'm not talking about physical life. I'm talking about spiritual life. Jesus came so that we could have life. And, you know, either, either you're dead in sin or you're dead to sin, all right? Either you're alive in Christ or you're dead in Christ. Either you have life it could be a little bit, it could be a lot, or you have no life and you're dead. You know, Jesus said in John four thirteen, he said, uh, he was talking to the woman at the well. He said, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. He said, whoever drinks the water of this life, he's talking about natural water. You know, when you drink the water of the world, you, you drink the thing that the world drinks, the thing that everybody else drinks, you're going to thirst again. But when you drink the eternal living water, and, you know, Jesus, he, he, he's, he's, ta- he ta- he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about, uh, and later he says in John 7, 37, he says, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So he stood up, and he says he cried out. And it's that same cry that that he had on the cross when he cried out. The last time that he cried out, it's that same word that's used. And it says he cried out, and he said, if anyone is thirsty... Come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, rivers of living water are going to flow out of his heart. Rivers of living water will flow out of his heart. And I want to ask you the question, are there rivers of living water flowing out of your, out of your heart tonight? Are the, are, do you have those rivers of living water? You know, I believe that there is a river. The Bible talks about a river in the throne room of God that flows. And I believe that it flows down to here and and we and and if you are are spiritual and you have if you are alive i believe that that water is flowing out of you and 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 it's a river of water and god called us to have to walk with this with this river of living water on the inside of us that there's life on the inside of us we're we're not dead we're alive we have life we we have we we have interest in there there's something in us there's something stirring us up we're not we're not just coming to church and just praying and, and worshiping but but getting nowhere no there there's supposed to be life there's supposed to be a river flowing in us and this is what Jesus was talking about and and he said if anyone is thirsty you know where some a lot of people they're thirsty after the things of the natural they're they're thirsty after the things of uh, you know MTV or they're they're thirsty after after what's on Facebook or or, or they they, they want to know what's going on what's what's popular what's not popular but Jesus said if you thirst after this after uh, it says as the scriptures declare he says he who believes in me as the scriptures declare when we believe in Jesus as the scriptures you know a lot of people they believe in Jesus however they want to believe uh, they believe in Jesus just however you know they they like to believe. You know, when, when you talk to people, uh, me and Ruby, we're, we went witnessing uh, last week, and, and, and we were talking to people, and everybody's a Christian. I mean, my goodness, everyone is saved. And, and, and I mean, you, you're, you're talking to people, and, I mean, they're smoking, and, and you know, they, they, they're standing outside of a club, and, yeah, I got Jesus. I'm good. Don't, you know, don't tell me. No, I'm good. I got Jesus inside. Yeah, I know Jesus. And, you know, they, they, they think they know Jesus, but they don't believe in Jesus as the scriptures have said. They believe in Jesus, their own form of Jesus, right? Their own. It's like they formed an idol in, in their minds. But, but, but it says that when we believe in Jesus as the scriptures declare and, you know, what are some signs that we know that we're alive? 
What are some signs that we know that we have living, that we have, that we're alive in God? Because if we're not alive in God, we're dead. So what, what are the things that we, that, that we know, but what are the, some signs that we know that we're living? You know, if we're alive, I believe one of the things is hunger. Hunger, and like natural hunger and thirst. If you're alive, literally, if you're living, like physical, like you're alive. Anybody alive in here tonight? Okay. Anybody not alive? No? Okay. If you're alive, you have hunger, right? If you didn't have natural hunger, I don't know, you'd probably die <laughs> eventually. If you, if you didn't have hunger, you know, I know, for ma- I know 100% every time I wake up in the morning, I know I'm hungry. I mean, I know I'm alive because I'm hungry, right? I, I don't, is anybody else like that? Okay, good. <laughs> I'm not the only one. That is firstly, I wake up in the morning and I'm hungry. I don't know why. It's just, it's just I don't know, I'm hungry. And, and, you know, that's a sign. I know I'm alive every day because I'm, I wake up, I'm hungry. And you know what? That's one thing you know. You know, if you didn't have hunger, can you imagine? You were never hungry. You just go about your day never hungry. Just, I know some of you are like, man, I could use that sometimes. You know, that, that's also another, another subject. But, you know, so, so some of you like, like man, I, I wish I didn't have to eat so much. But I know about you, but I, I am hungry a lot. I'm, I'm hungry all the time. But can you imagine if we were never hungry? I mean, just, just never hungry. You'd probably you'd lose out on so much nutrients, so much things that you need. Your body would waste away. What if you were never thirsty? You'd probably, uh, you'd probably dehydrate and die. You know, you know what kind of people aren't hungry? Dead people. Dead people are not hungry. <laughs> you know what? They're, they're just, they're never hungry. You, you know what other? Sick people, they're not hungry either. Well, actually, I don't know. Uh, a lot of times when I get sick, I'm still hungry. But I know that if you get like the stomach flu or something, like some kind of virus, you, you're not, you, you, you lose your appetite, right? You just, you, you don't want to eat anymore. And you know, when you're spiritually sick, when you're spiritually dead, you don't have any hunger. You don't have any hunger or desire after God whatsoever. You're just, you're not hungry. When, you're, when you don't have any spiritual life, you don't have any hunger. And you know what? I don't know about you, but I'm not, I'm not satisfied. I don't know if, if, if you're satisfied with where you're at, but I know one of the things is, is not being satisfied. I don't know about you. I am not satisfied with where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm not satisfied with my, with my spiritual condition. I, I know there's more. You know, when, when, I, when I read about the Moravians, it's a group of people that, Man, they literally sold themselves into slavery and, and they would sell themselves because there's a group, there's an island with slaves and they would never hear the gospel. There's 3,000 slaves. Nobody would, could ever preach to them unless you're a slave. That's the only way to get on that island. And they literally sold their, themselves into slavery so that they could preach to those people. And, and they would say, glory be to the lamb he's worthy to receive the reward of his suffering and they would say that and sell themselves into slavery and after hearing that i'm like god what what about me i'm i don't know about i don't know about you i'm not satisfied when i hear something like that you know they they had a prayer meeting for i'm not joking 107 years they started a prayer that never finished for 107 years and and they kept praying and praying that new people would come and the 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 holy ghost came in August of 1727, and for 107 years, they kept praying. That's crazy. And you know what? When I read about that, I'm like, God, I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. You know, I'm not satisfied. I don't, I don't know about you. I don't see revival. I, I, I don't see what, what, what I want to see, what I believe we, we, we can see. You know, we have, a, we have a stadium not too far away from here. I said it last week. You know, a couple hundred uh, young people are there. You know what? There should be a couple hundred young people in here. And you know what? I, I, I'm not satisfied with, with where I'm at. And that's one of the things we know that we're alive. If we're not satisfied, there's, we know that there's more in God. We know that we can, we can have more. We can have more of God. We can, we can have more holiness. You know, one of the ways that we know that we're, that we're alive is if the Holy Spirit is leading us into holiness. There's a, uh, in John, 1 John 2.27. You could open there if you want to, but I'm just going to read it right now. It says, 1 John 2, 27, it says, But you have received the Holy Spirit, and he, li- and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true, for the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as he taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. It says that you don't need anyone to teach you, for the Spirit teaches you everything 
you need to know. So does that mean we don't need anybody telling us what we need to do or not? No, that's, that's, that's not what it's saying. It's not saying that we don't need anybody teaching us. It's saying that the Holy Spirit is going to lead us into holiness. We can't depend on a person to lead us into holiness. You know, I, I'm thankful for every single time somebody in authority, you know, my authority tells me something that I'm doing wrong. They correct me. I'm thankful for that. But you know what? At the same time, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not happy because I should have seen that myself. The Holy Spirit should have revealed that to me. I wasn't sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit to see if there's, that, that, that there was something wrong in my life. And you know what? The Holy Spirit is the one that's going to lead us into holiness. I remember, I remember before, uh, you know, when, when, I, when I started, you know, I started praying and, and, I, and I made, I wanted to go after God. I wasn't following God yet and, and I was kind of doing my own thing and, and I wasn't really following after God with all my heart. And, and you know, there was a moment where I was like, God, I'm going to follow you with all my heart. And, and, and the Holy Spirit told me, he said, uh, don't go watch that movie. I, I wanted to see this this one movie in theaters, and, and I'm like, man, God, I really, you know, I really want to watch it. Why can't I watch it? And and I felt that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit told me, no person could have told that to me. Not one person could have said, you know, Dennis, that's a bad movie. You can't watch it because the Holy Spirit was telling me that. And 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 I said, you know, there's nothing bad. You know, there's. I looked it up on that. There's our website, kidsinmind.org or whatever. You could you know, read all the things that's in the movie. I looked it up. I said, there's nothing wrong with this movie. There's no cursing. There's no, you know, there's no sex scenes. There's no, there's no drugs. There's just some violence. You know, that's great. You know, great. I'm, I'm going to go watch some violence. That's, there's nothing to it. And you know what? And, and the Holy Spirit said, don't watch that movie. I said, why not? You know, and, and I was just kind of, it's a battle. And I came up to someone. I was like, well, what do you think about this movie? Do you think it's wrong? Can you, do, do you think I can go watch it? And he's like, you know what? Just, just do whatever God tells you to do. I'm like, great, that's not, the, that's not the answer I wanted to hear. So I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to watch it. I, I don't care, I want to watch this movie. So I went, I went and watched it. And, and you know what, I didn't really enjoy it that much. And then I came back after the movie is just empty, just empty, you know, like just nothing in me. And, and, and like, like, like a balloon, just completely empty. And I, and, and I, and I, start, I tried to pray, I tried to see God, there was nothing. And I literally, it was like eight months until until I felt that connection with God again. And it's like the Holy Spirit, when he leads you into holiness, you better listen to him. And so I, and I remember the next time, and, and I, I, I got desperate again. I said, God, I want to follow you. I don't care. I'm going to follow you. I, I, I want to seek you. I want to be your disciple. And, and he said, okay. And there's another movie, and, 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 I, and I wanted to watch. And he said, don't watch that movie. And I'm like, you know what? I learned my lesson the first time. I'm not going to go watch this movie. And, and I didn't, and, and, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to make this sacrifice. And you know what? When you build an altar, that's where God sends the fire. And after that, it's just like something happened. You know, when you make a decision for God like that, something happens in your life. When you make a sacrifice, I don't know, something something just happens in you. Something the God, God sees that. God, God rewards that. And when you do that by, by the Spirit, you listen to the Spirit because the Spirit will lead you into holiness. He won't tell you everything at once. He's not going to tell you everything that you need to do at one time. It's going to be slowly, step by step. Because if he told you everything, you might just be like, oh, God, that's, that's too much. I'm going to, no way. I, I can't do this. You, you'd get discouraged, you know. But, but he, God led Israel through the, through the wilderness, not, not the shortest route, but the route that they had. But he led them so that they could be ready for war. And you see, God wants to, God wants to lead you into holiness. Is he leading you into holiness tonight? Do you, do you feel, do you sense that, that God, the Holy Spirit, he's leading you into holiness? He's taking you and he's, and he's showing you what you need to do. Do you feel that conviction of the Holy Spirit? That conviction that, that you know, when you go somewhere, you, get, you go hang out somewhere and then, and then, you know, you say something and you're like, oh God, I shouldn't have said that word. And, and, or, or, you know, you say something stupid and it's like, man, now everyone, I said it and I can't take it back and you're driving home or whatever, you're going home and you're like, Oh my goodness, I can't believe my... And, and you feel, you feel that conviction of the Holy Spirit, right? That's, that's God leading you into holiness. And we have to be obedient to that. And when you are not obedient to that, God, it's like God departs from you. But I want to ask you, are you being led by the Holy Spirit into holiness? Is He leading you? Is He, is he bringing you closer and closer? Uh, you know, we... We want, you know, I'm talking about life. God wants to, you know, I'm talking about that Jesus came to bring life. 
And I, and I believe that, you know, if you're today, if you feel like you don't have life, that God wants to, God wants to strengthen, God, God wants to build your life today. God wants to give you more. And, and there's, a, uh, there's a verse in Titus, first chapter, chapter, chapter 1, verse 1. Titus 1, 1, and I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. It says, this letter is from Paul, a slave of God and apostle of Jesus Christ. I have been sent to proclaim faith to those God has chosen and to teach them to know the truth that shows them how to live godly lives. So he says, and, and, and I was reading this and I got a revelation on this. It says that Paul, he, he says, I have been sent to first of all, first of all, proclaim faith or to strengthen the faith. And then second of all, to teach them how to, to teach them to know the truth that shows them how to live godly lives. So first one, strengthen the faith or it says in the Amplified, it says, uh, to stimulate and promote the faith of God's chosen ones and to lead them onto accurate discernment and recognition of an acquaintance with the truth which belongs to and harmonizes with intense to godliness. Andre, I don't know how you read that version. But basically he's saying, God has, God, Paul says, I have been sent to strengthen your faith, first of all. Second of all, to build, to, to, to teach you the truth that shows you how to live a godly life. So first one, strengthen your faith, promote, uh, to promote faith, to build faith. And I realized before we can live in holiness, we need more faith. Before we can live, before we can be taught how to live in holiness, we need to have more faith. The amount of faith you have is the amount of holiness you will be able to, to live with. The amount of faith that, that you have in you. So basically it's the measure of, uh, the measure of holiness you will live that you, that you will have in your life is the measure of faith you will have. And before, you can, before we can teach someone to live holy, they have to have faith. A lot of times we try teaching somebody how to live holy, but they don't have any faith to begin with. And it's like, it's like you're, you're, you're trying to, to push a string up a hill. It's just it's pointless, you know. And the, the amount of faith we have is the amount of, of holiness we will have. The amount of faith we have is the amount of life we have. You know, we... We need to have, uh, we need, it's like the more faith we have, the more, the more alive we are in Christ. And uh, Jesus says, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? And he says in Hebrews eleven six. but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so I, I started to realize that we need more faith. We need more faith in, in, in us. And the, the more faith we have, the more life we have, the more we can live in holiness. And so I started to, to, to ask God, how can I build my faith? How can I have more faith? Just how, how do I do it? What, what, what does that mean to have more faith? How can I do that? And so, and, and I started researching. I started looking in, in Bible verses. And I found only two things that build our faith. I thought there would be more, but I only found two things according to Scripture. It says in Romans 10, 17, the first one. Oh, I forgot to mention this, that the word faith is mentioned 245 times in the New Testament in the King James Version. 245 times. That's the most out of any other subject. There's words like God and Father and, and you know, Jesus and heaven is mentioned more, but it's like Heavenly Father, you know, that's used a lot. But, but out of all the topics like love, hope, faith, faith is mentioned the most. And it's mentioned 245 times. And so I started to think, man, there's, there's, there's something there. And, and, and so the first one, how to build your faith, is, is in Romans 10, 17. It says, faith, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The first way to build your faith is hearing the word of God. You know, pastor was preaching on this a couple weeks ago. And, and he said, uh, he, he, he was talking about the word of God. And you know what? I always thought this verse was like somebody preaching. You hear the word of God, it strengthens your faith. But, but this, this is the revealed word of God. After I listened to Pastor's sermon, it just clicked for me. I understood. When we, to hear the word of God means to, to hear it in your spirit. It's, it, it becomes alive in your spirit. It's, it's something that, it's like Abraham, David, Moses. They didn't have a Bible, but they heard the word of God. They, it, was, it was in their heart. And that's what it means to hear the word of God, is to have a revelation of the word of God. When we read the Bible, we, we, we must look for revelations in the word. That's what builds our faith, the revealed word of God. Not just reading through your Bible, but a revelation of the word of God. The second point is 
is found in Jude. We read this yesterday. Jude 1.20 or Jude is first, it's the only chapter in Jude. 20th verse. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. The second way to build your faith is praying in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Not just praying. And, not, and this doesn't say praying in tongues. This is praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes we could pray in tongues, you know, and we think praying in tongues is praying in the Holy Spirit. A lot of times it is. And I'm thankful to God for that gift. It's a wonderful gift. But just because you pray in tongues doesn't mean you've been praying in the Holy Spirit. You could, you could think about ten different things, and you might as well be saying, you know, goo goo gaga. You might as well be talking gibberish or whatever. It, 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 there's no power there. And when we, when, we, when we pray, we have to pray. In, it says praying in the Holy Spirit. You know, before the, the Holy Spirit came, tongues came in, uh, in I, be, I believe, ni- 1901. That's when tongues came. There was a, there was a man, his name was Charles Parham, and, and he was praying, and, and, he, and he told his, his college to, to research Acts, the book of Acts. And he came back, and they, and they were on their knees praying, and, and he said, what's going on? And they said, uh, you know, we, we believe that, 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 that tongues is a sign that, that you're filled with the Spirit. And so there was a lady, her name was Agnes Osman. Agnes Osman, yes. And she came to him, and she said, please pray for me. And, and, and he prayed for her, and he didn't really believe what, what he was doing. He prayed for her, and she got baptized with tongues. And she spoke in Chinese. For two days, she couldn't speak in English. And, you know, that, the Holy Spirit came and baptized people with, with tongues. And it's an awesome gift. But people were praying by the Holy Spirit long before that, you know. That people would groan. And it says in, it says in Romans that the Holy Spirit prays through us with groanings that cannot be uttered. There's a man... Uh, his, his name was Evan Robertson. He would pray and he would groan. There was a prayer service. And after prayer services, he would keep praying. And everybody's looking at him like, like, what are you doing? But they didn't understand what he was doing, but he was groaning in the spirit. And there was a revival that came to, to, to Wales. And so praying in the Holy Spirit is not praying with your mind, but you're praying with your heart. You're completely in that prayer. You're, you're focused. You're, it's, it's like you're, your mind and, and everything is, is set on Jesus. And that's praying in the Holy Spirit. So that's what builds our faith. You know, Smith Wigglesworth, they call him the apostle of faith, right? He had more faith. He would, he would kick people and they would get healed. He would punch people. They would get healed. He just had crazy faith. What, what did he do? You know, he said that I don't go 15 minutes without praying or reading the Bible. Isn't that, that that's crazy. I don't know anybody else that's ever done that before. And, you know, there was a, there was a guy, Lester Sumrall, and he, he talks about this account. You can see it on YouTube. And he, he, he came up to Smith Wigglesworth and he, and he wanted to be mentored by Smith Wigglesworth. And he opened up the door, and he's like, what's that? And he had a newspaper in his hand, and he said, it's just a newspaper. And he's like, okay, throw it away. Throw it away. I, don't, I don't receive anything in my house unless it's the Word of God. He didn't even read journals or newspapers or any other writing except for the Bible. And, and you know, we wonder, wow, how could, how could it be possible that a man of God could be such, you know, so filled with faith and do all those. He raised 17 people from the dead. How is that even possible? You know, when you don't go 15 minutes without praying or reading the Word, that's, that's where you have strong faith. Amen? That's, that's where your faith is strength, strengthened. And you know what? I thought trials, I thought when you go through hard things, you know, when you go through troubles or whatever, that strengthens your faith. It doesn't. It tests your faith. And it says, it says uh, in James, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And, and Peter, he says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You see, God wants your faith to be built on the Word of God and on prayer. And that's how you build your faith, on hearing the Word and praying in the Holy Spirit. And He's going to test your faith. Just like, just like an inspector comes into a building and he'll, and he'll inspect that building and he'll test it. And God will test to make sure your faith is genuine. And he'll test it. And you'll go through something hard and God is testing and he's purifying your faith. But that's, that's when your faith is solidified and then you can grow. And that's how God builds our faith. And you know what? If today, if, if you feel like, you know what, like you, have, you need more faith in God. You need your faith. You need more faith I believe that God can, can strengthen your faith tonight. 
I, I believe that if you, if, you, if you feel like there's no life in you, like, like you need life in, 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 in your heart, like you're missing it, I believe God's going to do that tonight. And I, I wanted to get back to, to what I first started with. I'm going to finish soon, but it says, it says Jesus, Jesus said uh, that he looks at the heart. And I want to talk about this a little more, he, that he's looking at the heart. And then I, want, and I wanted to ask you tonight, what is your life? What is your heart tonight? What is the condition of your heart? What is the condition of your heart right now? If, if, if we were to show it on the screen, what would it be? Would it be something that, that, we, that we could come before God with? Or is it something that we're ashamed of? What is the condition of our heart tonight? You know, when we are left alone, when we are by ourselves, completely alone, nobody can see us, that's when, that's who we are. That's really who we are. And, you know, you, you heard about, if you've heard the, the definition of integrity. So what you do when no one else is looking, right? What you do, who you are when no one else is looking. That's who we are when we're left alone. You know, there was a hotel, uh, there was a, actually I should say that there was a, a conference for youth directors. And uh, hundreds of, of youth directors, youth pastors came to a hotel for, for the weekend, for three days. And you know what? That hotel, it set a record over that weekend. It set a record. And you wonder, what kind of record is this? Is it the amount of rooms that were taken up? Was it uh, the amount of Bibles that were missing from, from the nightstand? Was it, uh, you know, I don't know, the amount of uh, the, how little TV was watched during that time? No, you'd be shocked. The record that was set was the amount of pornography that was ordered on the, on, over that weekend. And you think, what, 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 what is that? How does that even make any sense? And you know what? Who we are before God. God, you know, God is looking at our heart. I like this saying, that, there, that you are three people. There's three people living in you. It's not the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's who you are or who they think you are, who some person thinks you are. That's, then, you're the, then you are who you think you are. And then you are who God knows you are. All right? So you're, you're one of, you're, you're, you're three people, three people inside of you. There's that person that everyone else sees. There's a person that you think you are. And then there's a person who God knows you are. See, God knows everything that, that we do, everything that we are. I remember one, one time I was, you know, I was at work and, and I was talking to my supervisor and he's telling me, he's like, yeah, you know, we're going to grow and, and we have great plans. And, you know, uh, you know, if you keep going, you're going to be successful. And, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's great. And so I was driving home that day and I'm like, I'm thinking like, ah, oh, man, you know, this, this is good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have more success at work and, and it's, it's going to be, you know, it's, it's going to be good. I'm going to get more money. And then a thought hit me and I believe that this thought was from God. And, and he said, and, and the, the, the thought was, who cares what I have when I, well, who cares what kind of job I have when I come to God? Who cares how much money I have when I come to God? Because I realized that one day I'm going to stand before God. One, one, one day I'm going to stand before God and he's going to look at me and he's, gonna, he's not going to care what kind of job I had. He's not going to care how much money I made. He's not going to care what people thought about me. He's not going to care how spiritual I look to somebody else. You know, so, sometimes we think, oh, okay, I got away with it. Nobody caught me. Okay, yes. No, 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 no. Nobody saw that. You know, I, I got away from my leader. My leader didn't see me. My leader didn't know that I did this. But God saw it. God knows, God knows what you did. See, God knows what we, what we do even when no one else does. God knows, God knows what we think as just as much as he knows what we say. God can see why we do something just as much as he sees what we do. See, we are, we are naked before God. God sees every single thing about us. And, and, I, and I started thinking, God, what about my, my life? Am I living right? Am, is my heart right before you? Is, is my heart pure? And when I stand before you, am I going to be able to come before you and, 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 say, and say that, God, I had a good job. God, I, I, made, I made money. God, I, you know, who, who cares if, if I did? I'm not going to take a, a, a cent of that to heaven. And, and you know what? And, and I started to think, God, what really matters? What is, what, what, what's really important before you? What do you care that, that I have when I come to you? You know, it says in, um, in 1 Corinthians, let's go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Chapter 3 and verse 
I'll start from verse 12. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has received, which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. But if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. So he's saying that every single person, he's going to be tried before God. And it says that everyone's work will be tried of what sort it is. He says, what, anyone who builds on this foundation, he says six things. Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw. There was a town in Rome, and that town got burned with fire. And uh, part of the town was, was where the rich people lived. And that, town, and that part of the town was made with granite and marble. And another part of the town was made was, was where the poor people lived. And it had straw for, for roofs and, and it had wood. Everything was made of wood. And that side of the town burned up in the fire. But the, but the side that was, that was where the rich people were, it, it remained. Because it was made of, of the right material. It was made of the right material. And so my question is, what material are we building our life with? What are we doing with our, what, what, what is our life made of? What, like I said, the, the, the title, what is your life? What is your life made of? What is, what is the sort of material that you're building your life? Because whatever we do here on earth, if we don't do it for the right reasons, God sees everything. You know, he said, go, go pray to your father in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. And he says, when you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Because if, if people find out, there's your reward right there. But you're not going to receive a reward in heaven. And when you fast, don't, don't, make, don't, put, don't make a show out of it. Do it so that no one else knows. And, and, he, and he, here's the thing. Are we doing, are we serving God for him? Or are we serving God for other people? For, for ourselves? So that people can see, someone, so, so that someone can notice us and say, wow, you're so spiritual. And we, yes, that, that, that's good right there. That's, the, that's what I wanted to hear. No, why, why are we doing what we're doing? Why are we, why are we serving God? Because you know what? We, I believe that a lot of people on Judgment Day, they're going to come before God, and God's going to say, you know what? And, and this, is, this is the judgment. This is not the judgment seat of God where, where, uh, where everyone gets judged. This is the believer's judgment. This is where all believers are going to get tried. You know, we're going to be, it says the guy, it says whoever builds, it says if his work is burned up, he's going to still be saved. It says he's going to be, he himself will be saved, yet as through fire. But he's going to lose everything that he's worked for. He's going to lose everything that he's put his effort into is going to be gone. And all he's going to have left is what he did for God. And if you didn't, if, if you did everything for yourself, you're going to be in heaven. Yeah, you'll be in heaven. But the rewards aren't going to be there. The, the rewards aren't, it's not, it's not you know, I, I think a lot of people are going to come to, he, come to heaven and God's going to take, okay, you were on the worship team. All right, you, you were a Sunday school teacher. You fed the homeless people. You did this, you did this. Okay, now let's see if you did it for me or if you did it for yourself or you did it for, for public or who, who, who did you do it for? And he's going to try it with fire. And the fire is going to burn up what is not for God, what is not for him. And all, all that, the only thing that's going to remain is what you did for God. Really, what you did for God. There was a pastor in, um, in Oregon. And he, one, one day, he did a lot for God. He had a huge ministry. People thought that he was successful, a successful minister. And he was going around praying, uh, or healing. Uh, people were getting healed at his meetings. He was a missionary. He had a radio broadcast, successful guy. And he was on his, uh, he was on his deathbed. He was about to die. And, and his wife was in the room. And she leaves the room. And Jesus came into the room. And Jesus said, you know, everything that you've done thus far, you've done it for man. It's been, it's been the ministry of man. It's been everything was done in the flesh. And so everything that you've done, you're, you will be saved. But everything is going to be burned with fire. And you will receive no reward for, for your work. And he said, God, give me at least one more year so that I could really work for you. One more year so I could really do something for you. And you know... <laughs> I remember, I remember one time I came, um, I used to collect baseball cards when I was, when I was little. And I thought, I thought they were very valuable, you know. I thought it was so cool, you know, I have all these baseball cards. And one day I tried to sell them, you know, at, 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 I came to a, a card shop and I tried to sell them. 
And so I came, I put all the good cards in the front page. I said, you know, he's going to see it. He's, he's going to buy it for sure. And so I put them all on the front page. I give it to him. He starts looking through them. And, and he's like, okay. And he's looking. And I'm like, he didn't see he Did he not see those? And, and he's like, you know, sorry, I'm not going to buy any of these. I said, like, why not? And he's like, well, there's a lot. You know, a lot were made of this one. And I'm like, but but that's a real jersey in that car. That's, that's a real game jersey. And he's like, nope, sorry. There's a lot of these made. And, and it, was, it was worthless, basically. I collected something that I thought, this is valuable but ended up being completely worthless. And you know what? That's going to be a scary situation when we come before God and what we did to God, what we did for God, it, is, it becomes worthless. You know, Jesus said, uh, the, the, he said to his disciples, he said, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you uh, that, actually, let me read it. Uh, it says, the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or, when, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in? Or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did to one of the, the least of my brethren, you did it to me. So he, he, he told them, you're going to get the reward. Enter into your reward. And, they said, and he says, because you did this and this and this. And they said, God, when did we ever see you? poor and naked. When, when did we ever see you like this? He said, what you did to the least of my brethren, you did it to me. You know, when we, you know, when we have someone, you know, we have someone say like pastor, right? We, well, he's a respectable person. I'm going to treat pastor good. I'm going to treat him well. But what about the person that's the least? The, 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 the least person. You know, everyone, every one of us has someone that we just don't like. It's just someone that I just don't like this person. You know, I know God wants me to love everyone. But, I mean, I try to avoid this person as much as possible. You know, we, we all have someone like that. We just, I just, there's something about him. I don't know. And you know what? But God says how you treat that person, how you treat the least person, who you see the least in your eyes, how you treat that person is going to be how God is going to judge you. See, that, 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 that's a scary thought. The way that we treat the least person here on earth is how God's going to treat us in heaven. You know, in school, you, you could see, you know, there's, there's that, the, some guy that never talks to anybody. You know what, how you treat that, that, you could, you know, somebody would say, oh, that's a loser. Don't talk to him, he's a loser. Well, how you treat that loser is going to be how God's going to reward you in heaven. And you see, we, we, have to, we have to stop ourselves and ask God, what is my heart? Is, is my heart right? Am I doing things really for you? Or, or, have, or have I been doing them for other people? Have, have I been doing them just, just to do them? Uh, Jesus, it, says in, uh, it says in Psalms, we read this a couple days ago. The Lord, shall judge the, the Lord shall judge the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to my integrity within me. Oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, but establish the just. For the righteous God tests the hearts and minds. My defense is of God, who saves the upright in heart. God is a just God, and God is angry with the wicked every day. And David, he, he, he's saying, this is Psalm 7, he's saying, God, judge me according to my integrity, according to what I did, according to, uh, according to, to where I, to, according to my heart, according to who I am. God, he says, God, judge me. He says, test me. It says, for the righteous God, test the hearts and the minds. And in another Psalm, he says, God, test my heart. Am I on the right path? And I believe that God is looking at every single one of us and he's testing us and he's trying us and he wants to see, is our, are our hearts right? Is the, are they on the right path? Are we, are, is our heart right before him? Who cares what people look at? Who cares how people see us? Who cares if someone thinks that you're, that you're spiritual? Who cares how people, you know what, if, if, who, you know, who cares if you read the Bible and checked it off? but you never got anything from that. Who, who cares if, if you came to prayer and, and, and never applied yourself to prayer? Who cares? Before God, that's going to be meaningless. And who, who, who cares what we do before God if we don't do it with the right heart? And, and, and I want to ask, are you, are, you, you know, are you really doing it for, for, the right, or, or for the right reasons? Are you, you know, you say, well, nobody caught me. My leader didn't catch me. Nobody saw me do this. I'm getting away with it. You know, it's, I, can, I can live like this. Does it matter? Does it matter that you live a double life? Does, does that even matter? Can, is, is that even going to save you on judgment day? God's going to see what you did. And it doesn't matter because God says that whatever is spoken in secret will be shouted from the rooftops. Whatever you do, will, whatever you do in secret today will be shouted from the rooftops tomorrow. 
And we better live our life like everything is going to be on a screen because it's going to come down to it anyways. Amen? Everything that, you know, we, we might as well live our life like, every, like everyone's watching our, our every moment because in the end, that's what it's going to come down to. That's what it's going to come down to. And I want to read this. Uh, there's a poem that was written, uh, and, and I was reading it one day, and I just it really touched my heart. And we're going to be closing right here. It says, only one life. Yes, only one. Soon will its fleeting hours be done. Then in that day, my Lord to meet and stand before his judgment seat. Only one life. It will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Oh, let my love burn with fervor. And from the world now let me turn, living for thee and thee alone, bringing thy pleasure on thy throne. Only one life. It will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, it will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And when I am dying, how happy I'll be if the lamp of my life has been burned out for thee. Only one life. You know, our only life is, is, is here today, gone tomorrow, and it's soon going to pass. And where our hearts are before God, how God looks at them, that is where when we stand before God, that's how he's going to judge us. And so I want to say tonight, you know what, if, if you feel like your heart is not right, you know, if something is not right, then, then, then you've got to make it right because God is, gonna, God is judging our hearts. He's, he's looking at them, and we're going to stand before God, and we're going to give account for every, it says we're going to give account for every idle word we say and for every, every time we wasted our time, we, when we wasted our time, when we could have spent it doing something productive and we wasted it, we're going to give an account for that. It says, Jesus said, you're going to give account for every idle word you say. And so we better live our lives like, like Jesus is judging us because, because that's, that's what it's going to come down to. And let's stand up right now. And we're just going to begin to pray. And I don't know where you're, I don't, I don't know what's, what's going on. Maybe, maybe you feel like, like, you have no life in you. Maybe you feel dry and, and empty, and God wants to fill you tonight. Maybe, maybe something is, is missing. Maybe, maybe you feel like, like you lost that, that desire for God or, or, or that hunger for God, and God wants to give you that hunger tonight. Or may, maybe you feel like you've been doing it for the wrong reasons, and you need to repent tonight. I don't know, I don't know where you're at, but I know that God wants to, wants to move in our hearts tonight. I know God wants to move in our youth. I know God wants to, wants to bring just us closer to him. I know that God wants to, wants to bring us to, to, to a greater revelation, to, to more, so, so that there's life in us.